Blog Talk Radio. to Wine Talk for tonight, Wednesday, July 2nd, 2014. It's 11 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu, the Wine Guru, coming to you live atop my new studio in Pompano Beach, Florida. As you know, I will take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at stewthewineguru at me.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or tweet me any questions you like to at Stu the Wine Guru on Twitter and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners globally for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the Internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, magazines, and TV shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo, Examiner.com, and Simply the Best magazine. Check out my latest article on summer wine, in the upcoming July-August issue of Simply the Best magazine. It is actually going to be on newsstands. should be right as of now. It's a lifestyle magazine available Barnes & Noble, fine bookstores, wherever you are. Of course, the number to call in, 1-646-381-4860. Or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, Email me your questions to stewthewineguru at me.com. Again, on Twitter, tweet your questions to at stewthewineguru, and I will read them live here on the show as time permits. Let's see. I'm going to take a look here. Uh, I just want to tell you a little bit about my guest that I'm going to have on tonight. We're very, very lucky to have her on um pretty excited. Unfortunately, about two weeks ago, um, I was supposed to have her on initially, and uh, I wasn't able to uh, do the show due to some issues, but we're taking care of that now, and I'm really happy to say that she was able to come on again and be rescheduled. So uh, her family has been in the wine business for many, many years. She's born in Mexico. She came to Napa with her passion for wine and dedication to producing some of the best. In 2005, she was the first Mexican-American woman to be elected president of a winery. Her story 
is as fascinating, as complex as her wines. The name of the vineyard is Secha Vineyards. My guest is Amelia Moran Secha. Let me just see if we have her ready to come on the show. Hold on one sec. The Wonders of Radio. I will have her on momentarily. Uh, I just want to give some notes, upcoming notes. Uh, I am bringing on a variety of some of the top vintners from around the world. Um, and I'm trying to work with the roster. <laughs> I appreciate everyone's uh, requests and calls in. Uh, and I will try to work it out to have everybody on that uh, wants to get on the show accordingly. Again, sponsorship of the show is also available too. And you can email me at stewthewineguru at me.com to inquire. So, without further ado, let me bring on Amelia. One moment. Amelia, are you, are you yes, there? Yes, of course. Oh, hello, Stu. How are you? Yes, I'm here. Uh, I'm fantastic. I'm even better now that you're on the show. Oh, well, I'm I... I'm glad to have you. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. Absolutely. And, and I want to thank you. Um, as I mentioned to my listeners earlier, uh, the, one of the first times that I think ever in the history of my, my show, uh, I wasn't able to do one uh, when I had you on, and I am so glad that you're willing to and able to reschedule. So let me explain how all this will work. Um, I have people that will tweet into uh, the show uh, and tweet questions for you. I have people that have emailed me from around the world to ask questions of you. And then, of course, I've got my own questions. We do have a live chat room working tonight, which what I did was I put in your uh, link to your website so people can go there and take a look and explore. In addition, of course, they can hopefully buy some wine as well. That would be nice. And uh, so I'll get right into it. Um, I'll start with one of my questions. Really, if you would, just tell my listeners a little bit about Seha. Well, Seja Vineyards is a uh, boutique wine production company in the Napa Valley. It was started by Pedro, my husband, my brother-in-law Armando, my sister-in-law Marta, and me. We're immigrants from Mexico. We began working in the vineyards as children when we arrived here in the late 60s, and now we have one of the most respected brands in the country. We make Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Merlot from our Carneros vineyards. Uh, we make a Cabernet Sauvignon from a vineyard just south of Stag's Leap. We make Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir, Sauvignon Blanc, and uh, limited produced sparkling wine because obviously we grow Chardonnay and Pinot. Um, and it's my brother-in-law, Armando Ceja, who spots a vineyardist and winemaker. And we began working the vineyards. We purchased our first properties in the early 80s that we developed in, into vineyards, and we launched our brand mm-hmm. in 2001. And now we initially started with 750 cases. We now make just under 10,000 cases. Which would still be considered a, a boutique. 
um, I want to let my listeners know. I mean, by no stretch of imagination are we talking mass production here. Uh, and that's something that is very key to people who are considering buying wine. Yes. Um, so let me ask, what was a memorable lesson that you learned in making your wines that you can share with my listeners? Um, what, well, the, I, I, I feel very strongly about a wine. It's a, refle- it's, it's a reflection of its birthplace of vineyards. And when I tasted those perfectly ripened, succulent Merlot grapes, when I started uh, picking grapes, like the third or fourth day when I arrived here from Mexico, um, well, I knew that someday we would, that I would have my own vineyards. And I think it was uh, an awakening because grapes from the Vitis vinifera grapes that are used for wine, when they are ripe, perfectly ripe, they're, they don't compare at all to table grapes. There's, uh, they're, they're so much more complex and biting into the, the seeds and they, there's so much flavor and also um, so, so, so many other um, wonderful uh, factors are on table grapes. Right. Now, I have some emails, so I'll get to those as well. I want to make sure that everybody gets their questions asked. So, uh, this one's from Stacy Parton, 1974, of Houston, Texas. It says, hi, Stu, I have a comment for Amelia. I just want to tell her what an amazing example she is for all women in the workplace. I've tried, to, uh, I've tried her red blend before, and it's fantastic. Thanks for having her on your show. So, I want to let Stacy Parton, 1974, uh, know that thank you for sending in your, your comment to Amelia, and uh, I'm sure, Amelia, you must appreciate hearing that kind of um, comment. Oh, it's so rewarding. Um, and it, indeed, um, being in the wine industry, uh, what you know, it's a very competitive industry, and there are not a lot of women in it, and even the Latina women. So it's um, pretty much venturing where where mostly women work in the vineyards and now being president in of a wine production company and having been a founder from the very beginning really has allowed me to understand not only grape growing from the ground up but also how to launch a brand and i knew in the from the very beginning that everywhere that i went and i had my logo clothing with having years nobody ever thought that I uh, own, you know, that I was one of the funders. Everyone thought that I worked there. Why? Because Latina women don't own vineyards, and they definitely don't sure. own wine. So it's it's been very gratifying for me to be able to open the door for people that have had challenges, it, regardless of what business they're in. It is so incredibly important to do things outside of your and and right. I definitely have done that and but it's but it's paving the way for other for other women to get into the the wine industry absolutely so it's, it's, um it's, i have yes yes go ahead so i'm very grateful no, no, I didn't to want hear to yes yes absolutely and and uh um 
I, I have another question from Vino C. from Galicia, Spain. It says, Stu, please ask Amelia if she always believed she would be as successful in making wine or if she had doubts along the way. And she signs off, Muchas gracias y buen espostáculo, Stu. Oh, well, uh, a wonderful question. I, as you know, when you um, take that very first step in whatever venture you're going to get into, it's always, I mean, there's always fear of failure. Um, but w- when I um, left my job, I had a pretty high-profile job in the wine industry to launch our brand from scratch. Uh, once I took the very first step, I, I knew that whatever it took, I, I would lead our brand into having great success just because that right. Um, failure doesn't exist in my vocabulary, but it is scary. It was, it, it was scary, and uh, sometimes in the middle of the night, and I'm saying, what am I thinking? And then when I came up with, um, with the idea of promoting wine with authentic Mexican cuisine, everyone thought, ha ha ha, uh, no, I mean beers and margaritas, but not wine. Well, guess what? that bold step really has changed the course of the wine industry because now there is a dialogue and people are willing to try uh, their favorite dishes, whatever they may be, whether it's um, Asian, Middle Eastern, uh, Latin American, there's room at the table for wine regardless of what the menu is as long as the wine is balanced. But it took someone with, uh, I mean, a lot of guts to be able to do it and be willing to be ridiculed. So um, it's, it's been a, a learning experience, but everything that I felt like intuitively that was right, it was the right thing to do, it's always been the right, right thing to do. So you really, you really rely on your gut, I guess, your gut instinct? Y- yes, and also having be willing to work 24-7. And once, whatever it is that anyone decides to do, whatever their passions are, as you have to be willing to work harder, to be an expert in your field, and, 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 and you'll have a lot of fun because that's exactly what happened to me. I knew that I, I would have to, I mean, to start a brand from scratch, well, yes, we were grape growers since the 80s, but uh, we launched our brand in 2001, and and we were known for uh, producing a wonderful grape source, but we've never released wine under our own label. So it was it was challenging, and especially it's challenging for small producers if you want to distribute your wines outside of your own state, because you cannot sell wine directly to on-premise accounts, enough-premise accounts, like wine shops and restaurants. Uh, you can in the state where you hold a produ- the producing license. And, right. and obviously distributors, with the consolidation of dis- distributors, they, I mean, they're not as willing to distribute small producers' wines because they're not going to make a lot of money. And then also um, brand-new uh, producers, well, they... It's a little bit harder to sell the wine, 
And and so we've been fortunate that we partner with some wonderful, uh, but we've been very selective um, distributors in a few states where we do have our wines available. Uh, but our, m- most of our wines are sold direct to consumer uh, on our website as well as our tasting salon in downtown Napa. And we're going to be opening... Uh, another tasting room in Carneros, in the Sonoma side of Carneros. And we found that once we meet, once uh, every single person that we meet that walks into our tasting room, if we're not on hugging terms when they leave, we haven't done a a great job. (laughs) So So pretty much everyone we meet becomes our lifelong friend and part of our extended family. We have a very successful wine club. And we we use social media uh, pretty successfully, and it's free, and yes, you do. we love it. So so it's we have we have an advantage because even though we're small, we do have a huge online presence because we like technology yes. and we like to use um, all of the resources available, you know, through social media. I see that you embrace it, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And I had mentioned I've talked with. Let's see, over the past almost five years, uh, over 130 vintners. And the thing that I had come away with is that if you don't embrace social media um, and, and if you are someone who makes wine that does go out and does go on a shelf where someone could pick it up and look at it and purchase it, uh, your shelf space becomes non-existent because people don't know about you via social media. And so if you embrace it and you use it the way you do and other successful vintners do, um, I think that adds to the value and adds to the success of your wine brand. And it's just something that I've definitely noticed. Um, I have another question here from, let's see, it's a tweeted question from uh, J.E. Uncorked. And he asks, uh, and this is, I guess, his posing this question to you. What will the future trends for wine purchases be? And he gives you choices of awarded points and high quality or edgy, trendy, unexpected, fun labels. What is your opinion on that? Oh, absolutely, and that's a great question. Uh, well, this is in my personal experience, and I've, I've traveled throughout the country to promote our brand in the states where we, our wine is available. And so I do a lot of tastings where I meet uh, fans of wine in every age group and every demographic group. And where I see and millennials and other Z generation that is uh, coming up pretty fast, it's right. that they do not want to be patronized. And we've understood that because I don't want to be patronized by anyone or, or being fed uh, what uh, some let's you know some wine connoisseur thinks about wine as you know wine exploration is very personal you utilize all your senses to enjoy wine first of course visual making sure that the wine is correct to the varietal and that is brilliant that it's it's uh, the color is appropriate for the varietal but then it's the aroma through your olfactory bulb and then tactile, how it feels on your palate. 
and obviously sort of an overall um, umami. So we experience, and we're biologically different. We experience our senses as something very, very personal. So why would anyone allow others to let them know what to taste um, and what to drink with what food? It should be our own personal experience and our own palate who, you know, that dictates what wines right. to drink. And I've, that definitely is increasingly true. And it's one of the reasons, too, why we appeal to, um, like, people that have been disenfranchised, where there are still even wine shops and tasting rooms where you go and you are made to feel ignorant if you ask uh, the wrong question. And as you know, there's no right or wrong question. All the questions regarding wine, they're, they're, should all be welcome. And, and I, I feel very strongly that to get rid of that arrogance and that elitism that still exists somewhat in the wine industry is going to go a long way to increase consumption um, you know, by, by new consumers to wine. Now, the trend, what I see, is that actually exactly that, that people are listening to their palates and people are more willing right. to try wines. And, and this is my advice. If, if, um, if for anyone who's into wine and you just want to get to know different styles of wine, different varietals, just try something that you, um, you know, you've never tasted. If you go to a wine region, whether it's, it's in the U.S., Napa, Sonoma, or... Uh, Long Island, Michigan, etc. Stop at wineries that you haven't heard of, and that are that the wines are not available in the your neighborhood's uh, market, and and that will give you a glimpse into uh, such varied styles and philosophies of winemaking, and most importantly, what I what I see happening uh, even more is that. Uh, People are more willing for different varietals, and and also uh, the traditional media of um, magazines like the established magazines, uh, the trade magazines, the wine magazines. Uh, with the onslaught of social media, most of the time I find that people are listening to their friends' recommendations on Yelp, on TripAdvisor, to check out a wine. And that is it's it's wonderful because then now there is an even playing field for even the little guys, you know, to compete with the big true. boys. So Very I true. like it. I like it a lot. And the just the future for wine is actually in getting rid of all the elitism and arrogance and making wine exploration democratic. Absolutely, I agree a million percent with that. Absolutely. Um, I do have another question from Sheket99 from Haifa, Israel. And it says, Shalom, Stu and Amelia. Stu, please ask Amelia how she decided on the land to start her vineyard. Thank you. So I want to thank Sheket99 from Haifa for sending in their email. And uh, Amelia, if you would. Yes, and Shalom as well. We've... Uh, because we arrived in Napa Valley since we were children and we started picking grapes, uh, we 
have a deep understanding as to what varietals grow best where, what the French uh, call terroir, which is not just the soil, but it's the entire mm, equation, every variable in this equation of wine growing. So in, in Napa Valley and in Sonoma, um, both counties are divided into small regions called ABAs, American Viticultural Areas, and they're designated due to very specific topography, climate, etc. So we, my family and I, loved Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So our first property that we purchased was in Carneros. Carneros, as you know, is in the southernmost part of uh, Napa and Sonoma. And San Francisco Bay and San Pablo Bay it divides the city of San Francisco from this area, from Carneros. So it's much cooler um, climate. It's foggy in the morning. We do have a afternoon um, sun, which allows those uh, early ripening grapes to ripen perfectly. So that, that was one of the um, factors that, sort of helped us where we wanted to buy land. Um, and then we, and and also because uh, those two varietals, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, are so incredibly food friendly. So not only do we love those varietals, but they also pair so well with such diverse cuisine, even food that may have a spice component. So every property that we own in Upper in Sonoma have been selected uh, depending upon what varietals thrive there. And, as, and so right. as it stands out, we have Sonoma Coast, and there we also plant Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. It's ideal for those varietals. And okay. however, we have a property just south of Stag's Leap, which, of course, we planted to Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. And so, yeah, and... and what, what's great about it is that you can have such breadth of of, uh, of of wine varietal and and grow in in a variety of different regions and appellations within the within Napa and Sonoma. Uh, it's wonderful because you can produce um, you know a great a great width or breadth of of wine varietal and uh, and you do and that's what's that's what's wonderful. Um, so. I have a couple questions myself I wanted to ask. So what, it, for you, do you believe has been your greatest success to date in your journey through the wine industry? Oh, another great question. What I feel has been a great success for me personally being in the wine industry is that um, we are um, – really showcasing the contribution of the Mexican labor force to the wine industry because people see and understand where where we started, picking grapes. And as you know, working in the vineyards, yes, it's very romantic and it's it's beautiful um, to be able to work among the vines, but it's backbreaking work and it's highly skilled labor. We don't just yes. we don't just trust anyone to come and prune our vineyards. So being able to 
showcase a contribution of um, farm workers and and changing the way people feel about um, and, and, and the stereotype that people have uh, towards um, immigrants. It's been my, my greatest accomplishment. And um, it doesn't matter where you begin. It, what matters is what you do from that point on. And I'm so grateful for my parents to have had the audacity to bring me to the United States uh, seeking to seek a, a better life and to be educated, but also to contribute. And we, I was selected Woman of the Year by the California legislature because of breaking this glass ceiling where uh, there there are not a lot of women in this industry. And being able to compete in a male-dominated industry as a a Latina and and a and, and an immigrant and a farm worker, it's, it's incredibly gratifying, and it's most importantly being a role model for, for, other, for other people that uh, have challenges. And that, yes. to me, is, is my greatest accomplishment. Well, and I want to say absolutely uh, you deserve every kudos uh, in that, and I also see that you've passed that down uh, to your the other generations, your own daughter and your your own children, who have taken I guess the baton and uh, utilized that uh, in getting the word out about your wines as well. Um, I know your daughter's very uh, active in social media uh, and in doing uh, videos and all that, and she's wonderful at that. And I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Um, I more than did my homework. <laughs> oh no, thank you, uh, and I am very proud of my daughter Dalia Seha. She finished her yes. executive MBA, wine focus executive MBA, and she is uh, also making wine uh, with Naked Wines. And she's just an yes. accomplished young woman. I'm very, very proud of her. Yeah, you should be absolutely. In fact, if just from seeing what she's been able to accomplish and do. Uh, I'm sure she makes you very proud. Um, so I don't I, – I ask – my show, one thing you need to know, Amelia, is uh, extremely unique, if, if that's the best terminology, in that I don't ask the same questions twice, except for one question, and that's the one I'm about to ask you. I ask this of every one of my guests. If you could share a glass of your wine with anyone, alive or passed on, who would it be? And why? Oh, my maternal grandmother, my mama Chepa. She is. She was the matriarch of my village. She was instrumental in allowing me to to be who I am. She was an amazing cook, and I hung out with her because I was the youngest of the grandchildren and. The rest were either in school or working on the farm. So I began right. cooking with her since I could walk. And she just um, had this zest for life and so generous and compassionate. And she, so, she would be so proud. Sadly, she passed away in 
1994, but I have the great fortune of having spent the first 12 years of my life alongside her, and it was her generous spirit that it also gave me the confidence uh, to pretty much be and delivered it to be who I am, and I'm so fortunate because I was so loved and nurtured and 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 I've been confident since I was born because when you have that environment, it really strengthens your your spirit and and your confidence. So I would definitely would love to have a glass of our Ceja Vineyards Carneros Pinot Noir with Mama Chepa, my maternal grandmother. That's wonderful. I mean, that's that's fantastic. That really, really is. You know, it's such a delineated line that you have. Um, and I think that what she gave you, as I see it, and just in talking with you, is a great strength and a great positivity uh, and outlook on life. She must have had that because I can see it. It's so clear in your voice and in the way you handle yourself and so eloquently. Uh, and I think it translates into the wines that you make as well because your wines are extremely eloquent and, and, and really nice uh, and, and, and very easy, easy drinking. Uh, and, and I mean that in the best sense as opposed to when some people think when you think easy drinking, there's not much to it, but they're very complex. And that's, that's something I just wanted to, to let you know and that it just comes right through in talking with you. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think that we, I got all, just about everybody's questions here, um, and we, we ran out of time. I, I, you know, I could talk to you. <laughs> I, I could do a, a, like a, another three-hour show. Uh, there's so many other things <laughs> I'd like to ask you, um, and, and hopefully I'll get a chance to have you on again because uh, I really would like to do that and, and continue the conversation and continue uh, discussing Seha and www.sejavineyards.com, please. I'm um, urging all my listeners globally, please go there uh, and take a look at the story. It'll be a little bit more in-depth. Take a look at uh, what the wines that are produced are about. And, you know, and if it's within your area that you can purchase it, purchase it. Purchase the wines and try them because they are fan- simply fantastic. Um, Amelia, I really want to thank you for everything, for, for coming on the show again and, and speaking so eloquently and so wonderfully about the wine industry and about yourself. You have a, a really wonderful uh, transcendent story that I think translates with just about anybody that, uh, you know, um, that, that is interested in wine and just in, in just your story in general. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. That was a really, I really appreciate it. Well, I thank you, and I invite you to come and visit us in our beloved Carneros in Napa Valley. And all of your um, listeners and fans to come and visit us as well in Napa Valley. And remember that a, a, a sip of wine is a sip of history. And um, cheers to everyone, and come and visit us at Sahavinyard. Thank you so much, and that's a wonderful way of ending our time together. Thank you, Amelia. Have a wonderful fourth. Enjoy yourself, and, uh, and we'll, we'll speak again and, and hopefully in person as well. Excelente. Muchísimas gracias.
Muchísimas uh, gracias as well. Take care. Yes. Bye-bye. Thank you, Amelia. So that was Amelia Seja of Seja Vineyards. What a wonderful person who is just has a fantastic story and a great outlook on life. Uh, that is the show for tonight. Uh, some show notes. Uh, I want to thank everybody who tweeted, uh, who emailed their questions in. Uh, I want to thank, for the, thank everybody for the great feedback on Twitter, on Facebook, and social media for my wine articles and the radio show. Uh, keep reading simply the best magazine on newsstands and find bookstores for, my, for more of my wine articles and reviews. Uh, you can go to my website. You can see the TV shows that I've been a part of, Midlife Road, Midlife Road Trip Show, Key West Kitchen, NBC, CNBC World, PBS, uh, all the shows that I've been uh, I've done segments for. Um, I'm working on a few new TV and extremely interesting music-related wine projects that as the information becomes available, I will keep you posted. I'm answering your requests for in-home wine tastings here in South Florida and setting up my schedule to host them. As time permits, keep your requests coming. That's the show for tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened in. I want to especially thank my guest, Amelia Seja, for coming on tonight. If you have any questions about the show, you can email them to stewthewineguru at me.com. You can go to my website as well at www.stewthewineguru.com and click the link for all my wine articles, videos, and to listen to archived wine talk shows. You can also go to iTunes, subscribe for free. Just put in the search, Stew the Wine Guru, and all my shows for the past Going on five years in October will show up. As I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine.